0: Welcome to PwC IFRS Talks, your source of all things IFRS, technical accounting matters, business issues, current standard setting, and regulatory updates. I'm your host, Ruth Preedy. In today's episode, we're going to do six months in review in the life of Dave (laughs) Walters. Welcome back, Dave Walters. Thanks, Ruth. What's it like sitting on the other side?
1: Uh, I had forgotten what it was like sitting on the other <laughs> side, so uh, so I don't just get to ask a few questions. Uh-huh. I actually have to answer them. Are you saying questions.
0: I've got the easy job?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am indeed. But welcome back.
0: Thank you very much. So do you know what I found while I was off there, Dave? It's hard to keep on top of IFRS and all yeah. the different things that are going on at the board in the IFRIC when you've got something else to do. I obviously didn't have well. I had a different job that was bringing bringing up a baby. Yeah, but it's hard to keep on top. So I do love the podcasts.
1: Excellent. I'm pleased to hear that you love the podcasts. And you know, whilst you've been bringing up your cost centre, as I think <laughs> I would, would would refer to it's them, definitely uh, a cost centre. Uh, stay, staying uh, staying involved with the world of, of accounting is is important. And actually, you, know, you might think that with the the board having sort of finished. The big all four the big, the big, big four, four projects yeah. that it would be it would have been quiet, but now I found it's plenty hard. to talk about.
0: You did. And you got out, I think, nine podcasts I whilst I was off. That's amazing. Yeah. And so if there's anyone who hasn't had time to listen to all nine, we still think you should listen to the nine. Yeah. But this It's going to give you a sparkling gem for each of those nine. I said, Dave, I'm going to ask you for a gem from each. Right. And he's come up with about, we've probably got two hours of material. So I'm going to try and keep him to 20 minutes. Sorry. So podcast number one was on IS12 tax. One of yeah. your favourites. What was the little gem you shared with this one, Tony?
1: Well, I think the little gem there was the realisation that that standard is 40 years old. Ooh. And yes, yeah, it's now in sort of experiencing... It's middle... older than me. <laughs> it's <a bit> younger <laughs> than me. Uh, it's experiencing middle-age spread, which uh, r- rather like uh, anyone who's experiencing middle-age spread, it might have been a standard that was... Based on an underlying principle, we've had 40 years of excess, eating <laughs> <eating> <laughs> pies, adding to it. So we've, we've essentially added a whole load of exceptions, and that's what's made IAS 12 actually quite challenging to to apply in practice. And the bad news is there's kind of no end to uh, <laughs> to, to to the uh, the little extras. So uh, one of the things we discussed is that the new leasing standard has implications in respect of of IS-12. So for, for those who are applying uh, IFRS 16, uh, you need to have a think mm. about the tax base of the asset and liability you're recognising because it might not be straightforward.
0: Yeah, IS-12. Yeah. Is this the gift that keeps on giving? There's many standards it, it, that, it, gives that keep well, on giving.
1: It, it is, yeah, and it's, it continues to be a favourite uh, review uh, focus for uh, for regulators. Uh, so, so make sure that the disclosures on uncertain tax positions are, are clear. Um, and if you've got deferred tax asset recognised on, on losses, again, that's something to watch as we go through the current cycle.
0: An amazing first gem to start with. An amazing first gem. Then, we had him. Yes. It was his first IFRIC. Yes. And we thought, rather than, you know, let him have a nice time, we're drilling with questions straight away <laughs> in right. September. Yeah, that's right. what What do you think, what was one of, I know there must have been loads of topics, but let's just oh, choose one. Go for there one. There were loads.
1: I, I think probably the one that generated the most interest at the time was uh, uh, a revenue question, actually. Accounting for compensation for delays. and, and oh, yeah. So if you're... If you're If you're flying uh, with an airline and and, uh, 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 for whatever reason, the the airline can't take you from A to B. It might take you from A to B, but your luggage from A to C. (laughs) Um, uh, But in this particular instance, it's compensation paid by the airline to their customers for for delays. And the question the Interpretations Committee was asked was, well, in many cases, the compensation might actually be a very substantial part of the... uh, of the ticket price, or indeed more than the ticket price. So, what do we do? Yeah. And the Interpretations Committee essentially confirmed the underlying principle that compensation for delays is essentially still compensation to your customer, and therefore, payments to customers get deducted from right. revenue.
0: Wow. Okay, so an important one. Mm. Then we moved on, and you decided, I know, we'll talk about IFRS 17. <laughs> That's right. I haven't listened to all of that one. <laughs> <laughs> only joking um, IFRS 17 but for non-insurers yes and there's an important message in this one
1: that, that's right so the important message is that you might think that a, a standard that deals with insurance accounting is for insurance companies Yeah. but actually this is a standard that deals with the accounting for insurance contracts oh, no. uh, and insurance contracts can be issued by companies that are not insurers yeah. They might not necessarily uh, know they have issued an, an insurance contract, or realise they have, but but they have. Um, so that particular podcast went through a few of the, the pitfalls to look out for, um, uh, and insurance contracts might be in in a number of you know, issued in a number of forms. So if you're a hotel management company and you have uh, decided to guarantee um, a, a level of EBITDA. Uh, for you, For the companies for whom you're providing your hotel management services well that that's an insurance contract
0: yeah wow, so you I think this is a good one for if like me, you saw insurance and thought well, i don't work in the insurance industry, it's... don't do it, listen to the podcast, and we'll give you lots of examples of other contracts that you maybe don't realize are in the scope
1: that's right so it, it is worth it is worth having a look um, performance guarantees might also fall into the scope of an insurance contract or Extended guarantees that extend to products or components actually not sold by the entity. If you're ensuring, if you're effectively giving some sort of guarantee for something that you haven't sold,
0: um, then then again, you might be caught. Might be caught up in it. And then you've got some of my old friends back. Yes. Chris, Sandra, and Mark to <laughs> yeah. talk about eyeball form, which yeah. is the fastest standard setting action I think I've ever seen.
1: Yes, absolutely. And this is the standard setters responding extremely quickly to a uh, potentially very problematic issue so to so the replacement of ibor with whatever is replacing it if you've got a hedging transactions in place that reference ibor well they might become less than highly effective if you've uh, if you've replaced the benchmark yeah. so uh, this uh, this amendment was essentially to say we know that this this issue is coming we will give you some relief from uh, the impact of essentially replacing one one uh, interest rate with, with with another subject to you know, certain conditions and lots of disclosures uh, but they raised this a change <laughs> yeah, well indeed this, lots of disclosures is important um, uh, but this was raced through the standard setting process it was uh, raced through an endorsement uh, process so companies could, could early adopt um and I
0: should say that's eyeball reform part one. Yes. And we're imminently waiting part two. We are. We are indeed. We'll but, have to uh, have them back. We will see more juice to do my podcast.
1: You, you, you've already got one, uh, uh, one, one in the library. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't to... say Chris's son very well. <laughs> I think that was my issue on the last one. I was saying like, Did I say it right, Chris is like,
0: no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, Chris is a, as a sort of deep treasury expert sort of seeing. Seeing uh, the companies at the at the business end of this reform, and I think it's fair to say that for sort of banks and, and the more um, advanced large corporates who deal with you know, have got significantly significant treasury functions. They're on top of this, it's yeah, some of the smaller entities that are struggling.
0: Yeah, keep an eye on all your contracts. Mm. Spot control F on the board. Absolutely,
1: anything.
0: absolutely. Okay, then you were joined by Pete Hogarth, and always a topical one, especially around year end. If you're still doing your year ends now, regulator focus. Yeah, What our regulators are looking for.
1: Yeah, so actually, we talked about uh, yeah. regulators in the UK who had just issued their annual report where they've kind of very helpfully. Highlight to here are the areas that we found that that have gone a little bit awry in reporting in the last twelve months, and here are the areas we're going to continue to focus on. But we also have, obviously have feedback from the European regulators too. Actually, they so tend there's to a,
0: bring out their reports about the same time. They bring them out at the same time, yeah. and
1: actually, there's a strong overlap. Yeah. So, number one issue again is the disclosures of accounting judgments and critical estimates. So the regulators are focusing. Uh, first of all, on people making sure they distinguish between what is a judgment, uh, uh, you know, should I consolidate this entity or is it a joint venture, and estimates, you know, estimation, uncertainty, for example, you know, your impairment testing. And the regulators focusing in particular on critical estimates where there's a, a risk. Uh, it's it's uh, reasonably possible in the next 12 months that your estimate will move materially. Uh, then the, there's a, a strong encouragement in the standard and a even stronger encouragement from the regulator yeah. to quantify that in some way, shape or form, whether it's sensitivity analysis or the range of answers or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, and they have written to a lot of companies in the last 12 months having reviewed previous years disclosures to uh, identify where some uh, numbers, numerical analysis might be missing and in fact for some companies they have responded by saying actually these estimates that we've disclosed weren't actually critical. They wouldn't it's not wow. reasonably possible they would move in a material fashion, in which case the, the regulators are very clear to say, well you should distinguish yeah. very clearly between those that are critical, where yeah. we expect all these disclosures, and those which are not critical, but you, you're giving some additional information, that's fine as long as it's kind of clearly labelled that this is these aren't critical. These aren't critical.
0: Yeah. Okay. Important one there, and mm. one I think that's been on their agenda for a while. So the, it is. the fact that yeah. they're hammering it home again. Yeah, isn't that's important. Right. That's right. Important. Actually,
1: if I can get a second gem in on the regulators. Oh,
0: go on then. Um, you can have two starters. We,
1: we've we've had four new standards. Have we? Uh, we have. <laughs> I Haven't missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> we have, um, and uh, you know we're beginning to see now people issuing their annual report and accounts with with IFRS sixteen. Make. People should make sure that all the disclosures there are complete. We know the regulators will be looking at them. Yeah, uh, They also continue to ask questions on the IFRSs 9 and 15. So there is a focus on disclosures around new standards. So yeah. be
0: careful. Okay, so still looking out for those as well. Thank you. So then we had Carson back. <laughs> yeah, we did. His second meeting, November, he's warmed up now.
1: Yeah, he's warmed up, <laughs> which is a good job.
0: <laughs> well, go on, give me one topic from that one. Oh, look, he wants to. I can tell he wants to. Okay,
1: I, I, shall, I shall actually give you one topic. I shall confine myself to the topic of football, yes. which was a controversial topic for an Englishman and a German to be talking about, to oh, be perfectly honest. It was, who won? <laughs> That's right, winter penalties. and You know the results at the end of that. Uh, maybe um, we should skip
0: over that. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but the Interpretations Committee had been asked a question around the accounting for player registrations and indeed transfers, which proved to be... Uh, very controversial in that uh, there was an expectation i think that the interpretations committee might uh, conclude that essentially it's a disposal of an intangible uh, asset and therefore doesn't form part of revenue yeah but they they actually said that you need to focus on the business model of the football club is it yeah i mean, essentially are they the sorts of kind of breeder clubs that exist to train players on and trade them on in which case this might be actually part of Part of their revenue activities. Yeah. So that that's proved to be quite, uh, quite controversial, as indeed many things are in the world of football.
0: <laughs> and one thing I would say about that, and this probably goes back to the insurance point, like the title is sometimes a bit um not misleading, but as in I'd read that and think, well, you know, I'm not looking at any accounts in the football industry, I don't need but obviously it's just about display of an intangible. It is, and whether it goes in revenue or not, and is it yeah. an intangible could mm. an intangible be inventory? So it's a quite a big it a far-reaching topic that yes. I would say is not just in the football industry Yeah, so it's so one of your favorite industries yeah, exactly. it's pharmaceuticals. Uh, is, is pharmaceuticals where yeah.
1: you, know, you might have a have a look at look at that uh, yeah. agenda decision
0: so that was the IFRIC that was the IFRIC now then you sneaked in I think we did it last year didn't we <laughs> yeah, we, did. we played top trumps did we you did. play top trumps
1: we did not play top um, trumps
0: I still love the IFRS top trumps tell me about the Christmas special
1: so Was Chris Santa here <laughs> well in the form of Gary uh, <laughs> Gary Berkowitz, yes um so, given that it's Christmas is the season of goodwill, we thought we'd talk about goodwill oh, accounting. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Uh, I thought it would have been and, about revenue. Uh, <laughs> yes, if you Gary. And, and like, uh, you know, rather like uh, you know, Christmas is past, uh, you yeah. know, we, we went through the history of goodwill accounting as well as the proposals for the future. And I have to say, every time the topic is discussed, I'm hearing a louder and louder. Mention oh, oh, oh. ho 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 <laughs> of the amortisation of goodwill, oh, yeah. which is uh, is definitely on the cards. It is something that the ISB are expecting to progress within uh, the next twelve months or so, and we won't see how it turns out. But I think goodwill
0: amortisation might, well go might well be back to amortisation. Wow! Mm. And then because you enjoyed your podcast with Gary so much, and for those. People that don't know, he's moved to the UK, so it's easier for us to call him in an <laughs> yeah. office. You had him back to talk about alternative finance arrangements. That That's sounds right. juicy.
1: Yeah, alternative financing. So, yeah. so it's where financiers provide finance, but what they get back isn't just a simple loan repayment. It yeah. might be a share of uh, future, a portion of future output. Yeah. So we can, we can do the debit entry quite easily, there's debit cash. Yeah. Where's the credit go? Where does the credit Where go? The credit go? <laughs> and the credit might well be in the scope of IFRS 15. Yeah. And if the credit is in the scope of IFRS 15, then we've got all sorts of challenges around when do we recognise it and yeah. what's the, you know, what if we remeasure? How does that get accounted for? Yeah. So it gets very complicated very quickly. So have seen it
0: all end up just in financial liabilities?
1: No, no, it doesn't. In fact, there may, there may be no liability there at all. At all. Yeah. But uh, you could have revenue being recognised over a very long period, being remeasured every year. So it could get very, very complex. So we've seen these in pharma, mining and litigation funding, just to name just to name but three. So
0: Yeah. So that's an exciting one for people that yeah. have listened. Um and then, then Oh God, this is exciting. I'd listened to this one and I loved it. Um you had Catherine in from the ISB. Yes. You've got to get her back. Absolutely. She's a natural podcast
1: queen. She, she's, she is an enthusiastic yeah. uh, uh, proponent of all things leasing.
0: I follow Catherine on Twitter, and she's always got little things that say, I love IFRS 16. Oh,
1: well, indeed, I've got a Badges. badge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so I've got the I, I love IFRS 16 badge. Yeah. Um, he's actually currently sitting at home around the neck of my... I've got a very small bust of the Emperor Augustus, because as you should know, the Emperor as, Augustus... As I should know. <laughs> the Emperor yeah. Augustus was probably the world's first rather well-known accountant. Oh. So you, when he was on his deathbed... You can tell I don't know. This. <laughs> when he was on his deathbed... Yeah. He, uh, he did... Unusually, perhaps, he summoned one of his you know, principal aides and... Gave him a list of his assets and liabilities. Right. So you know, most of us even want to. Where's my IFRS sixteen <laughs> badge? <laughs> so as, as the, you know, the probably the world's first and a very great accountant, I thought he should he should wear the badge, which I think is important. I mean, the Emperor Augustus. You can just imagine, as an accountant, uh, he would be talking uh, to his aide to come rushing in, saying, "News! We bring news of the Battle of Actium, where we have an impairment trigger."
0: Yeah.
1: You'd be uh, asking, well, why? Because 300 votes from the bottom of the Aegean Sea. <laughs> It'd be marvellous. <laughs> anyway, so Catherine was here talking about leases. Yeah. Um, she confirmed, actually, there's already quite a large number of questions for the Interpretations Committee. Yeah, we've uh, seen that come through already. Yeah, Carsten yeah. Had, had that in, in November when uh, uh, looking at the, the incremental borrowing rate, which is yeah. you know, based on the, the, the sentence with the largest number of the uses of the word similar in the english language <laughs> so they, they can confirm that and, and there's there's a lot more
0: stuff on least term i think yes least term drives. which has been
1: quite controversial as well so the least term one of the things the interpretations committee have essentially drawn attention to is that when you're considering the least term you should think about economic compulsion or the wider terms of the contract and sort of significant penalty ought to be thought of in in those terms so that that Particular decision came out late in the year and, and caused you know, caused some difficulty in practice. Yeah. So, so the, the Interpretation committee will have more mm. to look at over the next twelve months. It was a fairly confident prediction from Catherine. Yeah, and disclosures are proving a useful and be a challenge yeah <laughs> <laughs> So uh, so' back to your it, regulator point they'll be looking at it so yeah. yes' plenty we, we talked about plenty there and we, again we rather like this one we could have gone on for hours.
0: Yeah, I know but, we've done so well because that was nine podcasts. So effectively you've caught me up on six months of IFRS. In 20 minutes. That is pretty impressive. <laughs> I can go back and have another baby. <laughs> I don't want one of this, just right. two's enough. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, late
1: breaking news for your husband. <laughs> <laughs> he won't listen to this, <laughs> he's not an accountant. <laughs>
0: Okay, so thank you very much, Dave. My pleasure. You've been amazing while I've been off. If you ever want to come and do some guest presenting.
1: It's been a treat and I look forward to being invited back.
0: Of course. And for anyone that wants more information, obviously there are nine other podcasts to Mm. listen to. Great to listen to while you're walking in the park or uh, on the train. I know I've done all of these things now. Trying to
1: get a baby to sleep.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Listening. She loves IFRS. (laughs) Um but thank you very much for joining us, Dave Walters. Happy accounting. The preceding programme was brought to you by Price Waterhouse Cooper's LLP. This content is for general information purposes and is not a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.